surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About It. This is your host, Taylor, and I hope that y'all are making it through the week the best that you can, that you are checking in with yourselves. Today's episode is a little bit of like go with the flow because it was supposed to look a whole lot different and we'll have that episode later, but today's episode is actually going to be a solo episode, but not so solo because we do kind of have a guest. <laughs> so today we're going to do a little bit of just a Q&A. I posted on Instagram um, if you guys had questions and we were supposed to record with a guest who needed to reschedule. So for today, it's going to be me and Maria. So... Hi. Welcome to Thank the show. You. You're here. You're here every time I record. Yes, the silent partner. Yes, yes. And you've been helping me, you know, manage and kind of put together the podcast, and have yeah. so loved, 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 loved having you here. It's like so weird yeah, when you're same. not on a recording. I'm like, oh. oh, Maria's not here. I'm alone. Thanks. I know. I always am sad when I miss recordings as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, so today you're going to ask me questions. Yeah, we're going to reverse the roles here. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for this. this is, yeah. We're really making the most of our time right now, and yeah. I feel like this will be fun. So I did see, I've seen some of the questions, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen all of them. Yeah. Uh, but they are all questions that y'all submitted on my Instagram story, and I only answered yeah. a few of them. So. Yeah, we'll so see. let's get into it, and I'll ask all the questions so you might hear repeats. Yeah. Um, yeah. So oh someone boy. says, oh. <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm nervous, but let's do it. <laughs> deep breaths, deep breaths. Yes. Um, okay. So someone asks, curious about OnlyFans account. Do you need to promote it elsewhere to get traction? Yeah, you do. And I'm not doing a good job of that. <laughs> um, You're doing the best you can. <laughs> Yes, I'm doing the best I can with all the things, but yeah, OnlyFans, you do have to promote it. A lot of people promote on Twitter. Twitter's a scary place. I don't enjoy Twitter. Um, Even before everything, I just don't. I'm not on there. Um, I do try. I used to promote on Instagram, but they've also just gotten so much more strict with things, and people have reported me um, for sexual solicitation Mm. (laughs) when I have promoted it. So I'm scared to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are you still friends with Vanessa? Pass. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Honoring my boundaries. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What has been the most enjoyable source of income for you? That's a good one. I mean, honestly, therapy, like it's not a lot of income, (laughs) but the income that it is, it is my most enjoyable. I mean, Mm -hmm. I love, love the work I do with clients. Um, There were definitely moments where like I 
really got a lot of pleasure out of doing Instagram partnerships. Like there Mm -hmm. were definitely several brands and companies that I worked with last year that I was just like over the moon, could not even believe that like I was working with them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that brought a lot of pleasure. And that was also good income, Uh, like not sustainable, but was able to sustain me. Um, So yeah, but overall, like the most joy and fulfillment in life mm-hmm. income wise is definitely from therapy. And that's also why I'm like so happy to have chosen that as my career path. Cause it's also yeah. just like life. It's just yeah. life. Yeah. Doing life with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, next question. The question about your parents was in reference to your house. Oh, this must be a two-parter. Are your parents near you in Seattle? Are they able to help you work with service? and advice, um, Mm -hmm. about the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my parents, uh, we've not had the best relationship, my mom and my stepdad, um, since honestly, since I turned 20, so like eight years ago, but, um, there was a lot of stuff there from me turning the same age that my mom was when she had me and like her wanting to like check out and you know like she's done mm-hmm. being a mom she did what she did mm-hmm. and yeah. all that um that was super hard for me and for her but yeah when I moved back to Seattle in 2015 I lived with my mom and my stepdad and we were super super close and so like the whole time mm-hmm. I grew up they were my mom was like my best friend yeah and my parents were just like more my friends than they were my parents anyway yeah. Yeah. um but Yeah. So I lived with them for the three years that I was kind of like doing the show stuff and Mm -hmm. had first moved back to Seattle in 2018 was when I got my apartment and, um, was like 20 minutes away from them. And then like a year and a half into living in that apartment, maybe two years, my parents actually moved and purchased a condo, two buildings next to me. Oh, okay. So, uh, the last like year and a half, Mm -hmm. Before COVID, uh, yeah. we were basically neighbors, but Aww, it's kind of cute. Never, <laughs> it's cute, but we never saw each other mm. um, and mm. barely speak. So, um, yeah, they've not been a big part of the house process. Honestly, okay. us even communicating today is really mostly because I was purchasing the house and I was like, this is stupid. Like, these are memories that you should be a fucking part of. And like, yeah. I've just always wanted you to be a part of my life. And like, you yeah. don't understand me and I'm different than who I was at 16 years old when I was like y'all's best friend, you know? But yeah. all I yeah. want is for y'all to be a part of it. So, um, yeah, a natural thing people want yeah. and desire, right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I want your input on this stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, I want you to like be a part of it. Um, I was met with, you know, like, I didn't sign up to do a house renovation right now. Yeah. I have my own life. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> so they, they really fair. don't. Um, my stepdad's helped with, like, getting, helping Rob, like, lift some of the appliances and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, they're really happy for me. And, you know, they just have stuff in their own life. And they're just kind of doing their own thing. And um, yeah. they haven't, they don't. It's Rob and Leonora and my mom, mom my mom's yeah. mom, they... Mm-hmm. They go over the pink colors, the beam, mm. where are things going to go? What kind of <laughs> like pictures? Yeah. Like before I get on this recording, Rob was with me at like Lowe's and then we went to like this 
staining place to pick out stain for the beam and Mm -hmm. look at the freaking just all this shit that I'm like, I don't know what I'm getting. Like (laughs) the floor floor transitions, what kind of glass for the railing, all this stuff that I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't know. This is stressful. <laughs> a lot. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It seems like so many decisions and very overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. So I I feel like I've in-depth answered that question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's a nice lighthearted one. Um, what's your yeah. favorite junk food? Oh, I don't know that I, A, I don't know that I like categorizing food as mm. junk mm. okay as a separate tangent yeah um that like when we categorize our foods as like good and bad like mm. i don't know how i feel about that mm. um like processed food uh my favorite like processed food i can't i can't even think i don't know maybe like a good old tasty cake oh you know what, you know what a tasty no, cake no. Oh, you don't even that's my east coast that's my jersey girl in me um they're like these little it's i don't even know how to describe it it's like a little cake a little mini cake thing like a ding dong or like a i don't even know what a ding dong is (laughs) that just makes me think of a penis um I don't. I was thinking I don't it was know. an ableist term as I was saying. I was like, I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but East folks people know what I'm talking They'll about. Know. A tasty cake. <laughs> um, my favorite is like peanut butter cookies, oh. and that's. I wouldn't say that's junk food or that it's always processed because it can yeah. be like handmade. But yeah, yeah, peanut I, butter cookies are my go-to. Solidarity with that choice. I love peanut butter mm-hmm. cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, will you be coming in? Will you be coming to visit Vanessa in Canada soon? No. What's your spirit animal? Well, that's for Indigenous people, mm-hmm. not for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I don't even know if I can answer that. <laughs> I will say that I personally identify as a cat. I have the personality of a cat. (laughs) Somehow that makes a lot of sense. I don't think people will be too surprised with that answer. Yep, 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 Um, yep. Can you give advice for polyamory? Trying it out and it's hard. It is hard. Relationships are hard. Communication is hard. Boundaries are hard. Mm -hmm. Figuring out what you want is hard. Yes. (laughs) Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would definitely give advice in terms of like listening to podcasts, this one or others, Mm -hmm. you know, the guests that we've had on that discuss polyamory as well. Mm -hmm. I would also encourage that you are in therapy with like a actual sex therapist that can help you kind of unpack and navigate Mm -hmm. all of the poly type things. Um, and I think also just like remember why you're doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Remember to clearly communicate your needs. And in order to do that, you need to check in with yourself. So make sure you're checking in with yourself. Make sure you're honoring the boundaries and that you are communicating. Yes. About your stuff. Yeah. And it's super uncomfortable, right? Like sometimes that might mean you're hurting someone's feelings. Sometimes that might mean that you're doing something that like maybe won't make somebody else feel the best, but like yeah. To some extent, 
that's their responsibility to deal with. And is it possible to get out of a relationship without hurting the other person? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think so. Like, I think that just happens naturally. Like you hurt the people you like the most. Yeah. Yeah. And like jealousy is so common. Yeah. And that also like doesn't mean that it's like this thing that you like can't deal with. Like sadness is hard and sadness is super common. We move through sadness. Yeah. We can move through jealousy. Right. Um, I think a huge part of the work of engaging in polyamory is unpacking the mm-hmm. like brainwashing of monogamy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would definitely encourage doing some work unpacking yeah. your monogamist ideals. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, are you and Vanessa still friends? Pass. All right, we're going to take a short break right here. And I want to pose a question to you that I want you to really actually sit and think about maybe for like 30 seconds, okay? How would you say you show kindness, self-acceptance, gratitude, self-compassion towards yourself every day? On a daily basis, how are you showing yourself self-compassion? How do you practice it? Now, I know I'm not the only one that sometimes feels imperfect or insecure or inadequate. And that is why practicing things like self-compassion is freaking crucial to our mental health, okay? There are so many things in our society, in our day-to-day lives that benefit off of us not being nice to ourselves and we can't afford that anymore. And so I want to share with y'all a resource because sometimes it is hard to even figure out, well, what do you even mean? How do I practice self-compassion? How do I show myself that? I don't know. It, It feels like a big thing, right? And Switch actually makes it super, super easy and very aesthetically pleasing as well. I have to say, I'm looking at it right now. And reflecting on some of the things that I've been writing in here, but uh, Switch in a, nut, in a nutshell, um, they offer a positive and productive journal that helps people to stay on track and just be a lot more like aware of their mental health and kind of where you're at. Um, they have partnered with therapists. They have really done their research and how to uh, you know develop this book so that it is actually helpful for y'all. Um, and they've they've really helped like thousands of people to actually gain more confidence and be kinder to themselves uh, with this 91-day journal based on self-love. So they walk you through the components of self-compassion, help you figure out how to establish it. It's beautiful, okay? And it's been my little like morning routine. So I'm super happy to share it with y'all and I really hope that y'all check it out. You can transform these negative thoughts that you're having into self-love, which you are worthy of, okay? You can use our code Code talk 20 today at switchresearch.org and get 20% off of your purchase. So go ahead, go get that discount. Again, that's talk 20 today at switchresearch.org and get 20% off of your purchase. I know we're like a little bit away from the holidays and stuff, but fantastic gift for a friend. If you know somebody going through like a tough time or somebody that's just trying to be more intentional about their mental health. If you've got that one friend that's like, always so hard on themselves, this would be a great gift and for yourself as well. So with all that said, we did our little check-in. Okay. Got a good resource, got a good discount. Now let's get back to the show. Is it weird for clients to see my, 
your your public profile and private life or is it okay i'm struggling oh this person is also that's mm-hmm. what i used you mm-hmm. i think is that a two-parter i feel like maybe oh, i saw that yes. one I'm pre-licensed and want a public profile, but my supervisor is iffy about it. Advice, please. Is it weird for clients to see my public profile and private life or is it okay? I'm struggling. Yeah. Actually, it's a three-parter. They also asked, should I move to Seattle currently from and living (laughs) in Chicago and debating? (laughs) (laughs) um well live live where you can afford you know what's accessible to you and where you're going to be happy and I don't know you and I don't know what things make you happy but if you have the privilege to be able to decide where you live based on your happiness then decide based on where you're going to be happy living um you know So first I'll say therapy type questions. I would definitely encourage folks to go back to episodes 81 to 83, where I do some solo Mm -hmm. episodes kind of unpacking um, how to become a therapist, why I decided to become a therapist and what it looks like for me practicing as a therapist today. Um, I I think the field really has got to like catch the fuck up Mm -hmm. with technology. I don't think shaming therapists into having to be these private you know, blank slate, dull, professional at all times, human beings is sustainable, ethical, authentic, good modeling. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it's good for any of those things. So I think the more that you try to push yourself into that box, the more that like you're not modeling that same empowerment and authenticity and... Mm -hmm. life, livelihood, I want to say that we like encourage and, and is in our values when we work with clients. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I have a whole disclosure statement that I go over folks with, um, completely addressing the things that are important to address. Um, you know, you know, this from like your ethics courses, right. And your supervisor knows this as well, right. That like, you're not going to show your client, your social media, you are not going to engage with clients on social media. Like you're not going to follow your clients back. Like you don't have any control over if they follow you. If they see something, then guess what? You can have a conversation about it. You can discuss boundaries, you know, like you are capable Mm -hmm. as a therapist of handling that thing. A client seeing that you are a person living your life outside of being a therapist is not inherently harmful to your client. Mm, mm, And like, if it does bring up harm, then I think there's space for you to unpack that with your client. Um, You know, you're a human too, and you have a separate life, you know, from your work. mm -hmm. And that's, yeah. Yeah. I think the, I I personally, even before being a public person and like going on a show, I had my Instagram and Facebook public and, you know, yeah, it would be a conversation of, oh, what does that bring up for you? You know, we already discussed in your intake with our paperwork, (laughs) what my policy is around social media, right? right? Um, So you just, you have that in there and you it feels really unavoidable at this time at in 2022. Okay. Almost (laughs) Oh my gosh. uh, to think, right. That like 
a client would would never every everything is social media. Everything yeah. is yeah. online. So yeah. it's like you can't erase yourself as a therapist to only be professional online. I think we're just. It, really asking way too much of professionals and it's like yeah. even yeah. the same pressure gets put on teachers and I think that's mm-hmm. really unfair mm-hmm. um so yeah it's yeah. it's a hard place it's to a be standard of perfection which I think we yes. see with religious leaders too and it only mm-hmm. leads to like some really yeah uh bad situations in Agreed. my experience mm-hmm. yeah yeah um okay next question Piper Brendan and Natasha Natasha situation. Uh, I talked about that in what episode was that? Do you remember? No, that was, I don't. Uh, it was like maybe a couple back. back. Yeah, a few episodes back. One eighty, on one seventy-eight, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. So I would um, say revisit that. Yeah. Would you ever consider getting Botox for your forehead? Interesting. Yeah. So I know that's being asked because I did talk about my forehead. Oh, okay. I didn't see that post. I was like, wow, it's very specific. Like, Yeah, yeah. I noticed that I have wrinkles now on my forehead that just okay. stay there at all uh-huh. times and don't uh-huh. move. Okay. Um, and it, all the feelings come up, you know, and, and now I notice it on everyone, every show I watch, every photo I see, I'm like, Oh, what are their forehead lines look like? Oh, like, did I ever notice that before? And it's like, I'm hyper aware of it now because Mm -hmm. I recognize it on myself. And beforehand, obviously it was never a thing I cared to look at. Um, and yeah, I mean, I remember even being on the show was probably the first time that like really was that intense of mm-hmm. like being around women talking about Botox and like preventative mm-hmm. care for like lines and wrinkles. And, uh-huh. you know, obviously I was like 23 at the time. So I wasn't, I was like, oh no, I'm fine. Just like natural, you know, it's beautiful. <laughs> Just embrace yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I get it. It's hard to confront yeah. those things, but yeah. A, it feels very like unnatural to do Botox. Mm-hmm. I, I f- would feel scared. Yeah. Any kind of like consequence. Like I Googled because I was like, oh, well, you know, like what, what could go wrong? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and Legendary. I was like, all these like fucking symptoms. It's like, yeah. none of that's worth it. Honestly, is it yeah. like... It's a line on my forehead. And then when I look at my dad, like my bio dad, mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, black doobie cracking because <laughs> he, he's got a lot of lines on his forehead. Um, so I'm going to just try to embrace it and not yeah. do something like Botox. Mm-hmm. I was even offered Botox recently, like mm-hmm. complimentary. And I was like, mm, no, <laughs> no, thanks. Uh yeah. Mm. Just say, like, it's our skin. It's our body. Oh, I want to yeah. be nice to her. And, yeah. Yeah. It's like a that. no for me. <laughs> it's a no for you. I like that. Yeah. Um, this is not a question, but how are you so amazing? Oh, thanks. <laughs> how do you leave work, leave work at work? I'm really struggling with this lately, especially mentally. Hmm. I don't know what kind of work you do, but for me... When I close out of that session, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I will write my notes. And as soon as I write my note, 
I'm literally, I'm checked out mm-hmm. um, until I, I have supervision or though. consultation. <laughs> because to me, their problems are not my problems. Mm-hmm. The only mm-hmm. kind of work I'll take quote unquote home with me, because I'm doing it all from home, um, <laughs> is like if I haven't wrote my note yet. Okay. Yeah. And so for me, when it comes to like sessions, this is again, stuff I talk about in episode 80 to 83, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if I don't do the work of like sending the client, the resource, following up with my supervisor, if I have a question, writing down the note, taking the payment, um, if I don't do those things, then I'm taking it home with me. And I'm like throughout the day, you know, like, oh, like I need to do that. I need to do that. But once I do those things... I'm done. Like their problems are their problems. They're not my problems. Mm -hmm. When I'm in that space, holding space with them, I am like 110% there. If I don't feel like I can be 110% there, then I'm not there. Um, But yeah, I honestly, the way that I work is probably not, I don't think it's how people typically work. And it also (laughs) comes from, um, being like an entrepreneur as well, mm-hmm. like being mm-hmm. self-employed. Yeah. If I don't feel I have the energy to work, I don't work. Yeah. Like that's a I, unique perspective to have. And I like what I hear you saying is you process it by writing it down and then mm-hmm. you can like leave it at that door and not yeah. bring it with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if I don't have the energy to uh, let's say, uh, take content. If it's for like an Instagram partnership, yeah. I don't force that. Yeah. I tell myself, you know what? You don't have the energy for it right now because you've done so many other things. Take care of yourself first. Yeah. If you need to watch a show, if you need to masturbate, if you need to call a friend, maybe you need to spend mm-hmm. some time with Naya, you know, maybe you need to go outside. Yeah take care of yourself first. And then, you know, you'll have the energy, you know, like once you get there, then bam, it'll be great. Yeah. Yep. Just go with the flow and not fight it as much. Yeah. And so I don't know if this is as much of like separating work versus like personal life, but I mean, I very much feel like while I do work in life, my life's purpose is not to work. Mm -hmm. So I do want to be intentional in prioritizing like my pleasure and my happiness on a day-to-day basis. Obviously, while noting, I do also need to work hard. I do need to have income. I do need to like, you know, and part of the work I do really enjoy. But yeah, I think especially as a therapist, we 100% cover that in like episode 82, I want to say it is, Mm -hmm. um, about not taking work home with you as a therapist. Yeah. And that was when I was going into the office. So, mm. yeah. Okay. Next question. Why can't, why can't you post about the house? I keep missing this update. Yeah. I can't post about the house because there's a lot of uh, drama associated and I basically have to like get a lawyer and mm-hmm. I'm being threatened with different things. Um So in part, I'm scared to say anything. In part, I want to say things so that I can get hopefully some support. I feel like that's honestly like the only thing I have going for me. Um, But I'm just being 
I feel significantly screwed over. I've experienced some really inappropriate language and inappropriate mm-hmm. behavior from uh, the people, some of the people that I have hired on the house. Yeah. Um, and so it just is very messy and mm-hmm. I'm trying to be as like cautious and diligent and doing things that will help me yeah, yeah. financially and just majority financially and also with getting the actual work done on the house. So there's yeah. parts that I'm not sharing because I also feel like I have to like keep my cards close. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, do you hate juice? No, <laughs> no, I do not hate you. I don't understand how people even ask questions like this. Like, <laughs> do you really think that I hate juice? No. Yeah. I don't know. No. I have advocated for Jewish people. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> in the past. So I'm like, mm, no, no. Um, have you ever thought about visiting New Zealand? Yeah. When I went to, Aust- when I went to um, Bali, mm. thought about it, but it didn't happen. What do you recommend to help overcome guilt from a dip in sex drive due to health issues? Well, I don't know what your health issues are, but it sounds like you should uh, take care of those. Mm -hmm. And I would also encourage you to listen to other episodes of the podcast because we do talk about sex drive. Yeah. Was your bio dad Afro or Korea? Sorry, I don't know how to say this. B-O-R-I-C-U-A. Sorry if Mm -hmm. that crosses boundaries. I'm PR. (laughs) Puerto Rican. Oh, Um, I was like PR... um, Asia. Yeah, I was confused. For a <laughs> um, no, I. He has no idea. He's he's black. Mm-hmm. He's at, like American black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how are you doing? And wishing you speedy resolution to your house, Reno's. You got this. Thanks. I'm getting there. You mm-hmm. see my background right now? For those <laughs> listening, it's a disaster zone. This mm-hmm. is like my room. This is I'm sitting on an air mattress, which has been my bed for over a month, mm-hmm. um, living in the basement and drowning a little bit in mm-hmm. life things. And it's like gray and rainy and cloudy and cold again. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, Bleh. Oh, summer ended so fast. <laughs> it really did. It really did. Um, so I'm not my best, but I'm working Glad towards it. <laughs> Thanks. Um, not a question. Just wanted to say thank you for always being so honest about your life. Hmm. Thanks for appreciating it. <laughs> Do you believe at the end of your life you'll have answer have to answer for your actions? Mm, that feels very like religious to me. Mm. Um, I don't particularly think that like any of us have to like answer to things at the end of our life. Mm. Like I kind of think when we die, we die. Yeah, like our body goes into the ground well maybe into the ground um you know our body like decomposes our ashes are spread whatever it is Mm -hmm. and I don't necessarily think that we're like gonna be punished in some way because we're flawed humans (laughs) um 
Yeah. I think definitely our energy impacts everything. Mm. And I think in our lifetime that there's like karma in a way, you know, um, but yeah, that feels like very like heaven and hell, like religious of like punitive to answer. Yeah. That, that we're going to be punished for being flawed. Mm -hmm. And And it's a human, it's human nature to mess up. Like we're not perfect and we're never like, I don't even think, I don't think like slave owners are going to be, have to answer for their fucking, you know, actions when they die. Mm -hmm. No, I don't think that that happened for them. Yeah. Um, What therapeutic theories inspire you most? Fellow Mm. T here, uh, fellow therapist I'm missing. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I do take like an integrative approach. So I really do like humanistic approach. Mm-hmm. Um, I do do a good amount of like CBT. Um, but uh, I feel a little bit like slightly anti approach <laughs> and like, <laughs> I'm maybe also definitely more like very hesitant in terms of like diagnosis and stuff. Like I don't like to operate from a very clinical perspective in my work. Mm -hmm. Um, And also just recognizing like who the people are that are creating most of these theories and approaches within the therapy community. Um, So I definitely take like a systems approach and definitely take like, you know, an intersectional lens into my work. Mm -hmm. Um, And pave the way and create some new, new systems. Hopefully, hopefully. (laughs) Um, No question. Just want to say you're enough and what you're doing in the moment is enough. Heart. Thank you. So sweet. Just finished, just about finished my first week of grad school, school counseling. Any advice? Go back and listen to episode 81 to 83. (laughs) (laughs) Any tips for dating a therapist? Oh, that's a good round. (laughs) <laughs> don't um I literally just had someone the other night <laughs> I was texting and I was like <laughs> I'm excited to hear this I literally I literally told him not to listen to my podcast too so I'm like not scared he's gonna like hear this anyway uh-huh. um but I was he like asked you know like whatever how the evening went I was like yeah, like just trying not to ball my eyes, ball my eyes out again. You know, oh. just like doing some like late night work, yeah. and he's like, "Taylor, please don't cry. It's gonna be okay." And I was <laughs> like, "I was like, well, crying's okay. I enjoy a good cry. It's just I'm a little dehydrated from earlier today." <laughs> still. And he goes, "He goes, ha. okay. Wait, I gotta pull it. I just gotta read it." Okay. <laughs> I was. It was an interesting, um, (laughs) exchange here. So he said, (laughs) and I really like had to check myself too. Cause I was like, fuck. (laughs) I was also like, no. So yeah. So Taylor, please don't cry. You're going to be able to handle it. I said, haha. I mean, I like a good cry. It's good for you. I'm just still dehydrated from this morning. Still. He goes like eyeball emoji. Haha. Why do women say that? I don't understand. And I said, LOL say what? He said, they like a good cry. Laugh emoji. I said, should I remind you that you're talking to a therapist? (laughs) He goes, haha. What are you trying to say? You know best. And I said, 
No, but that it has nothing to do with being a woman and everything to do with being an emotionally aware and educated person. Mm-hmm. Gotta let that shit out. <laughs> with like a like a wink face. Yeah. He goes, wow, that was mean. Oh, what? And I said, I'm honest. Oh, you said, I said, I'm honest. You said you liked intellectual women. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he said, haha, you said I'm uneducated and emotionally unaware. Oh, oh no. <laughs> And I said, I didn't say that, LOL. You just said you don't understand why women say they like a good cry. So I clarified, LOL. And crying feels good because it releases – because it's a release of emotions and our brain releases endorphins afterwards. So I just Mm. took your question literally and also just to say that it's not about women specifically. Uh And I was like, oh, fuck. Say this why I can't even fucking date and all this shit. And then he comes back with like an audio note that like he has a very nice voice. So it sounded fantastic. But Mm. where he was like – it's all good. I was just teasing you. You can talk back to me anytime. And I was like, <laughs> like okay. Give me more then of I was like, okay, I will talk back to you. Um, but tips and dating a therapist, don't tell them not to cry or that crying is bad. <laughs> Step uh, one. <laughs> yes. Um, don't try to use them as your therapist. Yeah. I can imagine that like, happens a lot or yeah. even in friendships or. Yeah. Well, yeah. like I would say that's rule number one. And I would also say like, Try not to look at any time they're trying to help you or are showing up for your relationship as them trying to be the therapist in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've I've had to deal with so much of like this debate of like, well, it's great that you have these skills. So yeah, you should use those in your relationships because that gives your relationship a little bit of an advantage because you have this education. Mm. But then you are also like <laughs> scolded and like shamed of like be put in your place. Like you're not my therapist and all this stuff. And it's oh, like, gosh. I'm not even doing that. I'm just saying like what's it's a happening trap. is it's not trap. working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is a trap. It does feel like a trap. Um, so yeah, I would just say like definitely make sure that like you're doing your own work, yeah. you know, know that they do bring different things to the relationship than someone who's not a therapist would and allow those things to be good. Like Mm -hmm. instead of getting defensive, if that person brings stuff up for you, maybe consider the fact that like they are genuinely looking out for you because they care for you and they just know different things than someone else that you might date. Yeah, that's fair. That's a great question. Yeah, I like that one. Um, does she, they pronouns mean it's wrong if I only use she, her with you? Do I need to use both? And this person has, oh, this person has a couple questions, um, but they look separate. So I'll go one at a time. Okay. Um, for that one, yeah, it's like either or. You don't yeah. have to use both at the same time. Um, yeah. That's either different or. for everyone too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you got to ask that person what their preferences are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can you talk about a time where you broke up with a partner who treated you wonderfully? Ooh. Well, they all treat you wonderfully in the beginning. Mm. Um, <laughs> no. Um, I would say... Um, like where the breakup was smooth or where like they didn't treat me poorly during the breakup... Um, yeah, it's hard to tell a little bit from the question what they mean. I'm, I'm reading it as the relationship was a good relationship. Not so much the breakup is what I'm getting from this. 
So I would say there's really been two two main relationships that I've had where throughout the course of the actual relationship, it was respectful and healthy and didn't get into like unhealthy toxic shit. Mm. Um, That'd be my college boyfriend. We were together for almost three years. And then uh, my most recent ex, Mm -hmm. um, always respectful, always nice to me, always kind to me. Yeah. Never felt like I had to be like, can you just be nice to me? Can you just mm-hmm. be sweet? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I didn't have to have that energy in that space with him, which yeah. was like very different because it had been a long time. Most yeah. of the other relationships, even before the breakup, mm-hmm. there were like just really painful, not good dynamics at play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this isn't a question, but they say, thank you for being vocal about hard topics. Mm, thanks. <laughs> what happened with your house? Where you, where, where you dealt with racism, misogynistic people. Yeah. Mm. I can't talk about it right now, but yeah, I hope I'll be able to. Mm-hmm. In what ways are you a spoonie? A what? A spoonie, like a spoon, like a utensil, but spoonie? I don't know if that's a typo. I don't know what that is, though, <laughs> if it's a term. In what ways am I a spoonie? Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. You neither. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, okay. Let's move on to the next one. Um Best relationship advice going through a tough time? That's so vague. I'm sorry, I can't answer that. Take care of yourself. Rule number one. Yes. When in doubt, always repeat back to that. (laughs) (laughs) What is a helpful way for white people to approach interacting with you on Instagram? What is an appropriate way? A helpful way. A helpful way. Take what I share as truth. Mm-hmm. Like if I share my experience, accept that as truth. Um, if you see someone saying some fucked up shit mm-hmm. in my comments. Um, Get up in there. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, engaging with brands that I share in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be following them, you know, doing the swipe ups, sending them good messages or comments that you like that they worked with me, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, helpful ways a white person can engage with me on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Do you love sex often? Do I love having sex often? I think that's what I mean. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Most more so when I'm stressed. <laughs> it's a good release, right? So yes, yes. I'm like, I've been having lots of sex lately with myself. And uh yeah, it's a it's a tool to cope. Yeah, definitely. Um this person says, sorry I haven't been on here in a while. Are you still dating that Canadian guy? There's several Canadian guys, and I'm single. There you go. <laughs> How's Although your... literally, <laughs> Maria, 
<laughs> oh, no. Wait, is that the guy- one you just read, Canadian? <laughs> He's <I> Vancouver. Mean- <laughs> so yes and no (laughs) not like not even intentionally but yes yeah and the one guy that I actually have like gotten in person with Uh which was like a date but not really a date because of other stuff um Uh but yeah he's from fucking Canada (laughs) I'm like I feel like I should have been on the Canadian paradise because I'm like why can I like they're literally all Canadian (laughs) would have been your cup of tea (laughs) definitely definitely Um, how's your relationship with your parents, biological mom and dad? Do you live near them? I think we kind of answered this one as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, did you and Vanessa end your friendship BFF or is it over? I'm boundaries for me are around that, that I'm not talking about my friendships or relationships Mm -hmm. with anybody related to the show, um, that I want to keep my relationships, both platonic and romantic private. Yeah. Would you like to get married, have kids, et cetera, one day or not so much? I would like to get married. Um, I feel like our society makes everything more difficult for you Mm. when you are a single person. Mm. And so if I am with someone, yes, there are incentives to be married. And that's why the whole thing came about to begin with for incentives. Um, so yes, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, I would like to be married kids. I go back and forth on. Yeah. Okay, at on times, at times I want it. And at other times I read something literally earlier this week that was like, uh, if you're under 40, you're going to be experiencing like unprecedented climate change, just increasing within your lifetime, like Mm -hmm. significantly, like fires, droughts, Mm -hmm. all this shit where I was just like, how, how, how do I consciously like, are are we, it's not even like, oh, we're going to adapt to these changes and be able to thrive. Yeah. This is like, people are going to be dying. Yeah. Um, I it's live not going to be inhabitable. Yeah, yeah. I live in the Pacific Northwest also. And on the radio this morning, they were talking about the fires. And I was like, oh, like, nope, I can't. Like, it's too much. Like, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Very apocalyptic. Yeah. <laughs> no, can't, no yeah. can do today. Um, yeah. So yeah, kids and climate change are, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, a body part you like, but are embarrassed to share? Hmm. I don't know that I'm embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything about my body that I feel embarrassed to share. (laughs) Yeah. Like publicly. Mm -hmm. Um, There's definitely like boundaries of like, yeah, I don't feel comfortable sharing like my asshole and it's yeah. not because I'm embarrassed about my asshole mm-hmm. uh but that's just like a boundary um yeah. <laughs> yeah like I love my toes I think my toes are so cute but like I don't feel the need to share I'm my trying toes. to get on those uh fantasy pages or whatever <laughs> yeah I mean I do some of that on OnlyFans but mm-hmm. yeah I don't I don't feel the the need to share it publicly so yeah. I don't think there's anything 
that I feel embarrassed about the things that like I find myself feeling embarrassed about, I <laughs> share. Like when my hair is frizzy and a total like disaster, I'm like, oh, this is this is embarrassing. But mm-hmm. here it is. <laughs> <laughs> we out here. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm like, I know I'm not the only fucking person that looks like this sometimes. Definitely. So normalize it. Yep. Um, what exactly does holding space for your emotions look like? <sighs> to me, that looks like well, it depends on the emotion, mm. but sometimes it looks like just sitting, mm-hmm. putting my phone down. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that looks like screaming. Sometimes that looks like singing. Sometimes that looks like dancing. hitting a pillow. Sometimes it looks like dancing. Sometimes uh, it looks like crying. Um, yeah. Holding space for your emotions is honestly just letting yourself feel it mm-hmm. without resistance, without pushing it down or pushing it away, without avoiding it. Um, there are times where, you know, for example, some literally our last recording, we're recording, <laughs> I get a message that comes up on my screen. Yeah. I feel an immediate feeling for it. And I know I can't, I can't interrupt. Mm-hmm. I can't, break down and start bawling my eyes out and like do all of this stuff right now. Yeah. And so I, I can't hold space for that, mm-hmm. but I know as soon as I'm done recording, I have to honor what came up for me yeah. and I have to allow myself to sit in that. It would be so much easier <laughs> and so much nicer yeah. <laughs> to just avoid that and be like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know what? I made it through the recording, so I don't need to revisit that. And like, yes. I'm just going to keep going forward. But you do, you just kind of have to stop and be mindful. That's part of mindfulness, right? It's just yeah. acknowledging what is actually coming up for you. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it looks like actually saying your feelings out loud um, as they're coming up, um, just not, not fighting it. Mm-hmm. And maybe even as you're fighting it, you acknowledge I'm really fighting, feeling mm. happy right now because it feels yeah. scary. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like taking up physical, like you mentioned, like dancing, singing, screaming, like these things are like mm-hmm. physical acts. Do you feel like being physical to actually hold physical space is helpful? Sometimes depends. Yeah. Like sometimes I sometimes I feel so amped up, so like overjoyed mm-hmm. that I just my like in my body it's like exploding out of me, you know? And it's like I got it, I got to jam out, I got to jam out. <laughs> sometimes it's like I'm so pissed. I'm so mm-hmm. stressed. I just want to say fuck everything. Fuck yeah. everyone. Fuck everything. I just want to go away. Yeah. And that's when sometimes too, yeah, I need to move. I need to like express this outward yeah. um, with escaping into a song, into singing. Mm-hmm. But through that expression is where I'm holding the space for those feelings to be expressed. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, are you and Vanessa still close? I think we yeah. gone over this one. Um, do you ever, and I just want people to just like, think, yeah, imagine 
just say that that you are in a good place with a friend or say that you're not in a good place with a friend but that like it's just not public for you you know you're just trying to like keep it to yourself and imagine you have all these people Mm -hmm. in your face and I know it's virtual but like when you scroll through it and you read it or you see it Mm -hmm. it's in your face yeah imagine and and this is where I just too want to like I understand that people feel invested or like they want to know, but like, just imagine, just, I don't know. I guess I just want to be like, put yourself in my shoes. Yeah. Like, I get it. Sure. I signed up for this because I went on a show and people want to know about my life and blah, blah, blah. Yes. Okay. And I deal with it. And also as I'm being transparent and sharing, perhaps folks can consider, you know, before they DM or comment or go out of their way to try to have someone that they don't know share something about their life that they clearly haven't shared or that is personal, you're probably not the only one asking. And like, what is it? You're not entitled to know. And so it can be something I easily ignore. I could have been like all of these questions that are my boundaries just don't ask. Mm But I don't know. I just do want people to see and like consider, consider if you were in my shoes. Yeah. 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 Do you ever feel like being a therapist is re-traumatizing slash too much asking as a therapist? Mm, No. If you're working with folks who have experienced similar trauma to you, Mm -hmm. then perhaps the only example I can take from this is COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as this being something that therapists are living with in real time Mm -hmm. as our clients are. Yeah. um, That there may be times where a client is talking about their stressors with COVID and maybe that feels like a trigger and that feels like too much for you and like you don't want to like go there. Mm -hmm. I could see that like for myself perhaps at times. Um, But it's also for me a reminder of like checking myself again. This isn't about me. This is about them. Mm -hmm. And how can I hold space for the fact that they're scared right now and they're stressed out right now. Um, I don't. uh, Yeah, I think, I think, in part, it comes with boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. Of like, this is about them. This is their experience, not me and not mine. Right. And also, if you haven't done some of that work to unpack your own trauma yeah. or your own bias, then yeah, definitely doing this work, shit's going to come up and you might feel super triggered. And also noting that um, even when you do do the work on yourself, there still might be times, right, where it feels extra intense or it hits you differently. Mm -hmm. And that's where I also would say like, this is where you got to keep up on supervision, on consultation, on continuing education, on your Mm -hmm. own self care and nourishment and your own personal therapy um, to where you can take care of yourself if that is coming up for you. If that's consistently coming up for you, Mm -hmm. then, you know, I would definitely kind of unpack that, that is it helpful for your clients for you to be showing up 
in that space where they need you, where you are traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. You got to take care of yourself first Mm -hmm. before you can give to others. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that I inherently view the field of therapy as re-traumatizing for therapists. Right. Um, I think that definitely depends on like what the individual experiences. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. This next person has a few questions that are kind of related, but kind of not. Um, Mm -hmm. what happened with Zach? Sorry, it didn't work out. Were you originally using the house with your ex and were you originally buying the house with your ex? So similar questions in some ways. So I have not shared and I'm not going to share, Mm -hmm. um, about my most recent breakup. Um, I will say I was purchasing the house independently. Mm -hmm. Um, I was still in relationship and, but the house is for me. Yes. Um, what's the most attractive personality trait in a partner to you? So many things, but definitely like that they've been to their own kind of therapy or that like that they have emotional intelligence. Okay. Um, <laughs> the word. That's definitely that's definitely a huge one. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a really big one. Um, any tips on how to introduce yourself to sex toys? Mm. I think we've talked about this on previous episodes too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you doing? Dandy. <laughs> like a dandelion. <laughs> um, how is dating? Dandy like a dandelion, sunny yeah. like a sunflower. Yes, I love it. How is dating going? Well, you heard my previous text exchange. Okay. It's going. <laughs> There's a little sneak peek into how it's going. Um uh-huh. It's really hard. It's really strange during COVID. Like it's, I want to hoe it up so badly and I just, <laughs> I'm like, I'm scared and I don't feel like I can. And I'm also just, I don't know if it's pandemic. I don't know if it's late twenties. I don't know <laughs> if it's just like home ownership and all the things on my plate, yeah. PhD. Um, but it feels really difficult for me to actually be interested in someone. Mm-hmm. Like my ability to put up with shit that I'm not super interested in is so low. <laughs> like yeah, whereas before, before I think I would like just kind of not settle, but like just accept all these other things that like, I was just kind of like, I can make it work, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And now I'm just kind of like, I, this does not interest me. Like there's not enough here for me to actually feel that excitement and feel that draw and that desire for someone. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not that it hasn't been felt. It has been felt, but there's just also like so many other barriers um, that just like really fucking suck. <laughs> yeah. Dating is always hard. And even yeah. So and now. like, you know, maybe this is a good question <laughs> and time. For this. I don't know, but there's, there's one, 
person. And um, he listens sometimes, so I don't know if I'll hear this. Um, but <laughs> like, and and I feel hesitant to even talk about it because I know. Mm-hmm. The people who like to follow me just to judge my relationships, you know, and like have that be a thing for them. Yeah. Have always been like, well, long distance never works. Like this is just bound to fail. Like it's just doomed to fail. All this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And I do think there are ways you can make it work. And I think there are a lot of ways people make it work. And I don't also like my preference is not long distance permanently, you know, like that's never, that's never the plan. Um, and that hasn't been the case for all my relationships. Mm-hmm. Some of my relationships that were long distance included someone moving here or me moving there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where we did then continue things. And then, you know, obviously for other reasons, um, things didn't work out. But this one motherfucker is just <laughs> so, 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 so set in... Part of me is like, oh, he'd be great on the podcast, <laughs> um, but is so set on like not engaging with someone who doesn't live in a, uh, I'm gonna say L.A. Uh-huh. So many people live in L.A. Uh, that <laughs> that doesn't live in L.A. Yeah, to where it's like he's not gonna set himself up to fall in love with someone who doesn't live there, hmm. and I'm like. Oh, <laughs> I have such a hard time with this because one, you don't know. Right. You don't know. Yeah. You don't know yeah. that you're going to fall in love. Yeah. But part of me is also like, mm, <laughs> maybe you're scared a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But I think it's like, I'm not against living in LA. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not against moving somewhere to be with a partner. Yeah. I would move to Canada. I would move to LA. Mm-hmm. I understand not wanting that person to be the sole reason why you move, yeah. but also knowing that like there are areas that like I'm on board with living in. Like if somebody was like live in Kentucky, I'd be like, you know what? I'm probably not going to engage with you <laughs> because I have zero interest in living there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? That's fair. Like there's some um, areas you're like, yeah, we can do mm-hmm. this. And others you're like, no. I mean, we like you were talking about earlier with the location question of yeah. moving. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I, there's so many things in my head right now of like, do I go there? Do I not go there? (laughs) Um, but I think ultimately, yeah, it's like dating is just also hard because it's like before, you know, I did travel a lot Mm -hmm. and I would be able to kind of grow those relationships a bit more and I could still travel now. Mm-hmm. Um, work-wise, it would actually be quite beneficial for me to be traveling right now, yeah. but I just feel like it's irresponsible. And I feel like, um, for me, I don't feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. there's too much unknown. And to me, I think, well, is it necessary? And it's not necessary. Right. So yeah. unless I can drive there, which I don't plan on driving to LA, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. There is a potential work opportunity, so I might end up having to fly down there like in January, which mm. kind of scares me. But mm-hmm. I'm also like, well, I can justify that more than just like, I want to go get <laughs> fucked, uh, you know, <laughs> even, though, too. <laughs> even though I'm like, that actually is like very important. Yeah. I need that. Um, I could do a road trip too or something potentially. 
Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Dating's interesting. I've said too much already. <laughs> what space in your home are you most hopeful for? My ensuite bathroom and my oh. nook. Yeah. My breakfast nook. A nook. Yeah. They love a good nook. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The little bay window is mm. beautiful. I love it. Yes. And yeah, my, my ensuite bathroom, the wet space. Okay. I'm very excited about. Mm. Yeah. I hope it comes together. It will. It will. Um, Would you ever write a book giving all the tea and your full side of life things? Maybe. There's also, I feel like, several episodes of the podcast. So if you just piece them together, boom. (laughs) I say a lot of shit. (laughs) Um, Favorite part of living in Seattle? Mount Rainier. Yes. The nature. Mm -hmm. I'm always jealous of your photos but I don't know if I could handle the rain like I mean it is intense sometimes (laughs) what awkward first date moment lives rent-free in your head Hmm. the only thing I can think of uh I don't know that I would say it lives rent-free in my head but it was after paradise when i was recently single and it was a bumble date Mm. we met up at comet in capitol hill and first thing he said when he sat down was like oh yeah like happy you're here like told all my friends before coming i was meeting up with taylor from the bachelor and they just couldn't believe it and it's like (laughs) you know yeah it's really her where i was like um I'm ready to go. But I did end up making out with him a lot. But regardless, that was very cringy to me. And I was just like, what the, why the fuck am I here? Why am I doing this? This is uncomfortable. A lot of the other like awkward things, mm-hmm. I don't actually think are awkward. Okay. Like the things that people would say are awkward. I just feel like it gets normalized or becomes like a cute, funny moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't feel like I have, other than things like that happening. Yeah. Like people coming up and like asking for like a photo when I'm like on a first date oh. and the person like doesn't know and they're <laughs> yeah. like, what's happening? Oh, gosh. Yeah. Like those moments are like, okay, now we're going to have to talk about a lot of things. <laughs> okay. um, I was like, are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I don't. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite subject in school? Psychology for sure. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did love photo. I took photo mm-hmm. one, two, and three, and then I did AP oh. photo. Oh. And I got a five on my portfolio. Hey. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> Thought I was going to be a photographer. I mean, um, you never know. <laughs> yep. I did it like intensely for several years. Um, That's really and cool. Then, yeah. I loved I it. I still love it. But mm-hmm. now it's just so focused on like, Instagram, you know, and like yeah. me being in the photos. I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Tiring. Yeah. I like taking photos of other people a lot. Mm. Yeah. Do you regret anything you did or said in The Bachelor? I don't believe in regret mm. uh, because then I'm like not honoring myself and where I was at at that moment in my life, Mm -hmm. doing the best that I could with the information I had and where I was at. So I don't regret anything because I don't believe in regretting things in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, There are things that 
I would do differently if I was in that position again in some kind of weird universe where I was 22 years old being casted straight out of grad school onto a reality TV dating show. Right. Um, absolutely. There's things that I would do differently. Yeah. Um, but I could not have possibly known. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Are you happy you bought the house? Not right now. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Advice on talking to a partner about a sexual fantasy they might not be into. Definitely listen to other episodes of the podcast. We have yeah. definitely covered that in several. Mm-hmm. Um, best lube? Uh, they have to pay me for that. What coping? <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. Yes. <laughs> Affirming that. Yes, pay Taylor. Yeah, which I feel bad for because I know it's like, it's kind of like twofold and this is yeah. like the weird world of like influencer yeah. world where it's like, yes, people, yes, I want to give back, but I also feel like if I'm helping a brand with my platform yeah. that they should pay me. Yeah. And I think there are other ways that I do help my audience without being like, here's this specific product that you can, you know, I can sell a bunch of and yeah. get nothing out of right yeah are you still friends with anyone from the bachelor yes i just keep it private yeah i was gonna say i think that was a boundary we covered earlier mm-hmm. um what coping mechanisms do you use in the moment when you're experiencing high stress and anxiety i think we talked about this a little bit too but masturbation <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah uh i masturbate i call friends i cry mm-hmm. i put my hand over my heart I hug myself. Yeah. Um, I record myself. I talk to myself mm-hmm. out loud mm-hmm. on video. It's like little video journals that are super, <laughs> super helpful. Sometimes it's just audio notes that I talk to myself in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, how many DMs do you get in a day? Totally depends. Totally varies. The algorithm sucks. But if I say some controversial shit is packed. Or if I talk about sex, which is also somewhat controversial. Mm-hmm. How many more questions do we have? Um, there's like... <laughs> I feel like we have answered a lot. We have done a lot. There's like six more slides. Okay. But then... Let's go through like four more real quick. Okay. And then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Place in your house you're most excited to live life in. I think we could talk about this a little mm-hmm. bit, but if you have yeah. a different answer, Mm-mm. how are you? Answered. Yeah. Favorite part of remodeling your house. Hmm. That's, I'm, I'm not in that place not to that see place, that right no. now. Yeah. <laughs> Ask, Ask me when I'm done. Yeah. When I'm done, then I'll be able to tell you my favorite part during this time. I like this question. Um, what do you want to, what do you want yourself to remember in 10 years? Honestly, I honestly want myself to remember. I'm going to cry. Um, mm. I want myself to remember Naya and Calais at mm. this stage in their life. Stop. <laughs> because she literally is growing up so fast. Yeah. And it's like just the, you know, her wanting to like snuggle on the couch and watch a movie with me after school or like, you know, Calais like giving me hugs and saying he missed me and like... Mm just snuggling all over me like yeah you know 
him honestly like throwing these little like tantrums that he throws where he like he sounds like a demon and it's like mama like he's just like really has a lot of feelings you know like gosh like I don't ever want to forget that like they were like this you know and that she like would want to do her little fashion shows and like even seeing her on the playground like with her friend like her like like they hold hands and they walk oh. around like her like she was bouncing on the trampoline behind me here and I was sitting on the couch like telling me all about her crush and how she like <laughs> went up and just told her crush like she has a crush on him but she has this other guy who's her backup crush you know and I'm like wow like before I know it like she's gonna be telling me about like when she kissed somebody and then she's gonna be like driving and like all these things where I'm just like I don't want to ever forget like yeah. little Naya yeah. like in just like the innocence that she has in a lot of ways right now. Yeah. I don't want to forget that. And I don't want to forget like this time where like I get to live with them, you yeah. know, at three and seven, mm-hmm. you know, well, really kind of when they were two and six, but, mm-hmm. um, so special. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to forget these moments with them and and them seeing the house in all these yeah. stages you know y'all have been yeah. through so much together super <laughs> a lot a lot yeah. yeah um well I feel like that's like a really good place to just stop yeah. now and yeah. yeah before I keep crying she's gonna be coming home from school in a minute too oh. so um yeah so many feelings yeah that's okay that's all good it is it <laughs> i'm sure is. They, i mean it sounds like they have a lot of feelings too yeah oh yes they do yes they do um thank you for asking all these questions yeah, with me this welcome. was so fun to do with you yeah this was fun i'm glad we finally did this and <laughs> i yeah. moved past the behind the scenes <laughs> yes yes you made it front and center here um well thank you so much and, and thanks to everybody too for um asking all of these great questions and hopefully some of this was helpful so yeah. thank you thanks everyone All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making it all the way through and keeping your ears, your hearts, and your minds open. It would mean so much to me if you could take a second or two after listening to this episode to leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're enjoying about the show. I love reading, you know, what your favorite episodes are, where you guys listen, Um, and definitely feel free to share this with a friend. I mean, part of how we break down the stigmas around these topics is by talking about them, right, And, and sharing them with more people. So definitely share the podcast. Um, and again, really wanting to include all of you in this podcast. So if you have questions or you want to share a thought or an experience, please send in a voice memo to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and uh, breaking down these stigmas. So thank you all so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. Surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity.